Coming up on NRL Teams, Paul Green becomes the third coach to make an early exit in 2020. Did he deserve to go? The panel discusses the ruthless realm of coaching in the NRL. We bring you the latest on Anthony Seabold's future as the Broncos coach makes changes, but did he make the right ones? And there's a war of words in the West. We'll see what Robbie Farah has to say as Ryan Madison prepares to take on his former team. But will another ex-Tiger be back to bite his old club? Yep, I cannot wait to hear what Robbie Farah has to say about that uh, battle of uh, the West coming up on Thursday night, the West Tigers against the Eels. Hello, welcome to NRL Teams, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Uh, the big news in the rugby league world at the moment, we spoke about Trent Barrett last week. We expect him to be announced as the Bulldogs coach for the next three years in the coming days. But the big news yesterday, Robbie Farah, Brett Kamali, Paul Green becomes the third coach uh, sacked, or sorry, should I say let go by their club uh, mid-season in 2020. And let's look at the other guys that have also been let go by their clubs. Of course, the Warriors coach, Stephen Kearney, he's gone. Dean Pay, only a week ago, he was let go by the Bulldogs. And the three men under pressure, Anthony Seabold, John Morris and Paul McGregor. Noddy, when we returned back in round three, we said, you know what, this could be a year where the coaches aren't looked upon for all the reasons. They might get, you know, a little bit of time to, yeah. to deal with the whole COVID pandemic. Is there too much scrutiny on the coaches at the moment? Well, it's a result-driven business. We know that. Uh, obviously, the clubs have made some pretty rash decisions and immediate departures have been the ones that have, yes, they've struggled, but you're right, Zach, we thought there'd be some leniency in, in 2020 with COVID, uh, with players being affected. Um, there's no Canterbury Cup, which means your reserve grade players don't get match, match practice to come in. Clubs want immediate success. We get that. Um, they don't want to be part of a losing. Uh, and I think they, they currently see that there's a huge gap between the top four and the bottom. They want to shorten that gap, I suppose. And, and, and the Tigers are one club that, with Michael Maguire making some tough internal decisions. Mm. They all demand success and they want it quickly. It's, well, it is the nature of the beast these days. But I think with those clubs, you look at you know, the Bulldogs, the Cowboys and the Warriors, all three clubs that haven't played finals footy in a long time. Yeah. It hasn't just been a year this year where they've struggled. It's been two or three seasons in a row. And management at the club's... You know, they've sat down and said, look, we need a time for a, time for a change and we need to change things moving forward and change things pretty fast. Well, Paul Green said as he left uh, his post yesterday the Cowboys that he's never seen so much scrutiny on the coaches. Noddy, when you look back at clubs like Manly, when Des Hazler took over in his first in, it took him yeah. five years to win a premiership. When you look at Brad Arthur, he finished 14th his second year. Back in 2016, they finished last due to salary cap issues. But the clubs need to be more focused on a long-term plan rather than instant success because the fans always want success. Yeah, well, they have to ignore that at some stage. Yeah, they need to be pretty resilient to the result in some regards because they need to build for long-term success, not just win a grand final, then go backwards for five years. Salary cap's a big part of that. Having a successful coach obviously then goes back to having good players because most sides that are at the top of the ladder, they're good rosters. So then that goes back to your management, uh, how you set up a club, what you stand for as a club because we know a football club's not just about first-grade yeah. results. You've got to build, how do you sell your club to a kid that's grown up in the country? How do you sell your kid, your club to the superstar that you need to fill your position? How do you not pay overs to someone? How do you attract the sponsors? It's a dog-eat-dog it's a -dog world, but the clubs have got to try and put themselves at being the best at all those little, little challenges, and then that's how they have 
long-term success. Well, thank God I'm only the host of this show and not involved with a footy club at the moment <laughs> or a coach for that oh. matter. We're a lot safer here. Uh, big news over in the Super League. Toronto Wolfpack have pulled out of the rest of the 2020 season. So that could open the door for uh, Sonny Bill Williams to be back on the market in the coming days. Of any of the clubs that you look at at the moment, who can potentially fit him in? Who needs him most? The Warriors. The Warriors desperately need him. We know the players are going to go home very soon. Um, you know he's a superstar. He's, he's a professional. He's a great leader. The Warriors are, are lacking all that. I would hate the Warriors to finish this season as an embarrassment, which we saw from them a bit last week. Uh, I'd love the NRL to say, hey, Sonny, we'll guarantee you a wage. We'll pay you a little bit, but we're going to tell you where to go. And I think it would be great for the game in New Zealand too. Yeah. Obviously being a, a Kiwi himself, going back to the Warriors... A club that's desperate at the moment for players, yeah. desperate for leaders. I think it's a, it's the right fit right across the board. OK, what about a return to the Roosters? No uh, Victor Radley for the rest of the year. Can you see him returning to Bondi? Well, I, th I think you can. It's a logical choice. He's been there at the club before. Mm. He's got great relationships with the people there. He's great mates with Uncle Nick. <laughs> um, so, look, it, it makes sense. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if he does end up there. But... Um, I'm like Noddy. I'd love to see him go back to the Warriors and help out with their situation. They'd need to move some uh, pieces if they're puzzled. The Roosters, though, they've got a 30-man squad uh, full at the moment. So we've got to move on. Your MVP <laughs> votes. <laughs> Don't get you involved in that. Your MVP votes for round 10. Yeah, well, I'm, I was going to give one point to Michael Maguire, two to Ricky Stewart, and three for Des Hasler. I thought they were masterclass performances on the weekend, but I wasn't allowed. So one point to Sean Johnson. Uh, my two points went to Daly Cherry Evans, and my three points went to Nathan Cleary. Uh, I thought he was... And it was more for his defence and his ability to come up with some big plays, not so much his kicking or his halfback attacking. OK, Robbie, do any of those players feature in yours? Uh, a couple of them do, actually. My one point went to Caelan Ponga. I thought he was uh, back to his best on, on the weekend. Two points, Nathan Cleary, and my three points went to DC. OK, we'll talk about Cleary and DC in a little while, but uh, Cleary takes over from Teddy at the top of our MVP leaderboard. The teams are in for round 11, and what a way to kick things off. Cannot wait to see the Eels take on the West Tigers at Bankwest Stadium. Two big ins for the Parramatta Eels. Mitch Moses returns after missing three weeks with a calf strain, pushing Jay Field out of the 17. Ryan Madison missed the loss to the Seagulls with a fractured thumb, but he is back to face his former teammates as well. Nathan Brown has been named despite picking up a corked hip on Saturday night. It'd be a big inclusion if he stays there. Let's look at Tigers. Harry Grant has been cleared to play after returning a negative COVID-19 test. The hooker had to undergo a test because he moved house over the weekend. Michael Cheekham is the only fresh face in the West Tigers 17. He replaces Luke Garner who suffered from delayed concussion after the West Tigers win against the Broncos. He'll be back next week. Meanwhile Luke Brooks remains on the bench. Now there, have been, there has been a war of words out West. It's so good to see both teams uh, throwing barbs at each other. There were some comments allegedly made by Ryan Madison. He denies them. The Eels deny them. The West Tigers, Benji Marshall, say, no, we love Ryan. But regardless of what they're saying publicly, will there be plenty of feeling between Ryan Madison and the West Tigers? Oh, God, I think there will be. Um, I, I think that's the company line by the players. You know, you don't want to stir the pot too much. And I, I love Ryan Madison, you know, and, and all the players do. As a bloke, he's a great bloke. And I'll repeat what I said last year on this show. I think the way his situation was handled was handled very poorly. And uh, as being a part of the playing group last year, I took it personally when you know, he wants out of your club, he doesn't see that there's going to be success at that club and he wants to move on. And you take that personally. So uh, whilst 
you know, I think uh, Maddo's a great bloke. There's no doubt I think he'll be getting a, a bit of extra attention, um, not only from the players, but I think the fans as well on Thursday night. And Look, it's going to be a great battle. Tigers in great form. Parramatta top of the table. Two Western Sydney clubs. There's been a bit of spice during the week, so bring it on. You were trying to get tickets for Thursday night. Are you the bloke? I'm in the crowd. Are you the bloke in the crowd still? I want to stand there heckling. Yeah, put the mask. Of course on I am. Just, yeah. Of course I would be. Of course he's wearing different colours. Yeah. Oh, heckling! I don't we care. might hear you though because they're not full stadiums. Yeah. We know your voice. I just put the face mask in front of me. I'll just, I'll just be one of those face ma- faces yeah. in the crowd. You yeah. wouldn't know it's me. Uh, a big in for the Eels. Not only Ryan Madison, Mitch Moses returns to take on his former club. Uh, Brad Arthur said they were soft against Manly last yeah. weekend. So what does he add to the Eels? Yeah, they were pretty poor, Parramatta. I think it's a chance to refocus. They've been up for most of the season. I thought they got caught out a bit by Manly's great start. Um, Mitchell Moses brings kicking game, uh, brings sort of that composure. I thought they lacked a little bit of that composure uh, and panicked a little bit last week against Manly when they did get behind. So he brings that. Uh, and then the, the other thing is they get Blake Ferguson back as well. Fergo, Fergo starts their sets. Fergo brings that energy. He's a... You know, you've played with Blake Ferguson. Mm. He's a character and, and loud as hell for the whole 80 minutes. So he brings that buzz and excitement for the players. So I think they're two big ins for Parramatta. Still and on the nudie as well. Blake Ferguson hopefully scores a try very soon. Mm. Uh, let's take a look at Benji Marshall's stats as he returned to the starting side for the West Tigers last weekend. A try, a try assist, two forced dropouts, 546 kick metres, the most from him this year. And the most important stat... He made 15 tackles, but Robbie, he didn't miss any. Now, he probably hated every second of uh, his time on the sidelines, but could we see the best of Benji after Michael Maguire made the really tough call to drop in? Look, I think the pleasing thing for Benji on the weekend, as you said, was uh, the zero missed tackles uh, in defence. That was obviously one of the reasons why Madge decided to drop him. And, uh, you know, whilst it wasn't a nice situation for Benji, you know, he did what any professional would do. He went back and worked hard on his game and... Um, you know, having popped down to training when I can, you know, everyone said you know, how good Benji was going and didn't let it affect him too much. And you know, we saw him back to his best on the weekend. I think he's a number seven. I think the older he's gotten and the longer he's gone into his career, he might have slowed down with his feet, but I think he's gotten a bit quicker in the mind. And his game management, for mine, when the Tigers have been at their best this year, it's down to Benji's game management. And I love... I love him in the number seven jersey. Now, it's a good wake-up for him. Like It's a reality check, isn't it? The legend of the club, that part of his career, he thinks he's going to just finish comfortably and all of a sudden the coach drops you. It's a reality check. And it's, it's done best for him. It's a big test this week against yeah. the best defensive team, against Parramatta coming off a loss. And as you said, Robbie, if he can just manage a game plan for him and kick the corners and stay in the challenge... Harry Grant will create a bit of that skill. Some of the other players will take over. Speaking of Harry Grant, I haven't heard a chant like we did on the weekend since you retired there. Uh, Harry, Harry yeah. at Leichhardt Oval. Did you have to share a, a bed with him in the scoreboard on the weekend? Well, Benji, I saw Benji interviewed during the week and he said that uh, he was going to jump up on the scoreboard after the game, thinking it was me. But, um, look, it was great to see. He's going outstanding. Uh, the Tigers fans have got right behind him and they're doing everything they can to to keep him at the club beyond this season. So, and I'm sure, you know, seeing those scenes for him, seeing how much he's loved by the Tigers faithful, uh, will make a decision very hard you know, come the end of the season. He shouldn't have moved house. Whatever was working for Harry Grant, <laughs> stay doing whatever you're doing. Oh, hopefully we'll see the best out of him this weekend, uh, or Thursday night rather. And you can tune in uh, f- uh, via our broadcast partners, Channel 9, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, are using KO or the Telstra Live Pass right here. Friday night footy, it's a big, big game for the North Queensland Cowboys as they prepare to take on the Manly Seagulls at home. Uh, Josh Hannay has named his first team as interim NRL coach. The new mentor has kept Dejan Assi at 5'8". 
Jordan McLean is again on the reserves list as he battles to overcome a calf injury. Michael Morgan isn't in the 21 and might not be for the next few weeks. The Cowboys skipper could be sidelined for up to a month longer as a result of an infection following shoulder surgery. Uh, Manly have received a double boost as they travel to Queensland for the first time uh, this year. Moses Suley has been named to uh, despite picking up a sternum injury against the West, uh, against the Eels rather last Saturday. Meanwhile, Adam Fanua Blake will return from his two-match ban after gaining clearance to Townsville. It is unclear whether he has ha had his flu shot just yet, uh, but uh, Manly sources told NRL.com he has satisfied Queensland government protocols. Uh, his return forces Tamiela Paseca. Uh, back to the bench and Corey Waddell outside of the 17. Uh, Robbie, uh, Paul Green said yesterday that his departure from the club will hopefully eliminate the distraction for the players. Do you automatically see an effect on the players and they'll be relieved or play relieved this weekend? Look, I, I don't think so. Um, I think the, the Cowboys' struggles this season come down to you know, a fair amount of injuries as well. You, you, know, you can't go past that. You know, they've got a lot of inexperience in that side. Uh, there's no doubt I think they'll come out fired up this week with the emotion involved of their, their coach getting sacked on the weekend. How long that lasts, I guess, um, is the question. And, uh, but, but for me, look, I think distractions aside, I just think that they've got, they haven't got their best 17 on the park week in, week out this season, and that's why they've struggled. All right, Michael Morgan, as I said, could miss another month. We've got Scott Drinkwater out for another few weeks. We saw the debut of Dejan Assi on the weekend. Yeah. Does Jake Clifford have a, a fight on his hands to be that backup halfback if... He shows the signs he did on the weekend. Definitely. I think everyone has a fight in their hands to keep their first grade position. We, we, we've seen what the West Tigers have done. They, they've put some superstars on notice. I think you, you're always searching for that victory. You're always searching for the next, the next player, the next superstar. Um, you know, we, we think, you know, Michael Morgan will come back and he's going to be that genuine seven. But uh, you're right. You know, Jake Clifford's there. Um, and, and, you know, and then the new kids. Have, and also, what you're going to have at North Queensland is you're going to have a different coach. There's, Paul Green's gone and will be gone now. Josh, Josh Hannay will come in and have it for a period of time. Who gets a role long term? He might like a different style of player. A coach always picks a style that he likes that he wants to play in suit. So you sell yourself to now, but you've also got to sell yourself to the future. That's right. Uh, Josh Hannay said today that he wants the job long term, as most assistants do. Uh, but we have to wait and see what the Cowboys will do moving forward. Manly, what a win for them on Saturday night. Uh, Robbie, what was more pleasing, DCE's return to form or, or Manly showing the true grit that they have under Des Hasler when they are in a good mood or a good roll-on? Yeah, I think, you know, watch that game and, and that opening 20 minutes by Manly was, was outstanding. They just blew Parramatta off their park with the intensity they played with. Uh, you know, it was almost an ambush. And we spoke about it last week about that this weekend's game was a, a point in Manly's season. They'd lost three in a row. And they were, you know, if they lose another one in, you know, in a row, four in a row, their season starts slipping away. And they came out against premiership heavyweights and literally they won that game after 20 minutes um, with just intent, running hard, tackling hard. And for me, it was just a good old-fashioned Brookvale ambush. And that was Desi Eddy's best on the weekend. They come up with a couple of set plays or set tries that just caught the whole Parramatta defensive line out. I thought, as I said, that's why I gave Des Hasler... Mm. Two points in that coaching G up at the start because I thought he just outsmarted the Parramatta's defensive line. And it was an ambush they had to have. He had to get them back on forward. And Jake Travojevic, DC was... I love watching Daly Chavins run the ball. But it can only come on the back of holding the ball, I suppose, and having some momentum. So if he could find that switch with DC every week just to play that style of football, 
you'd love to bottle it. Yeah, DCE was great, but geez, those scenes of Jake Trebojevich in the sheds at halftime was, uh, yeah. It reminded me of a Zach Bailey before we come on teams every Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> boys, laying down the line. Yeah. Big game. Big game. Follow me. Get on my back, boys. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of big games, uh, the Broncos, geez, aren't they in uh, need of a win? And it gets even tougher for them this week. Uh, no offence to the West Tigers, but they're up against the Melbourne Storm at Suncorp Stadium. Anthony Seabold has finally pulled the trigger on his halves combination. Look at all those highlighted players. Anthony Milford has moved to fullback as Brodie Croft shifts to 5'8". And Tom Dearden starts his first match at halfback since round 13 last year. Herbie Farmworth returns from a quad injury on the wing, replacing Jermaine Azarko. Now our thoughts are with the Azarko family after the passing of his father. Katoni Staggs returns from a hamstring injury, but there's still no Matt Lodge who remains sidelined with a knee complaint. Tom Flegler starts up front as Tavita Pangai Jr. shifts to the second row alongside Joe Offangawi. The new look back row is a result of Corey Oates' nasty laceration, not a compound fracture, and Ben Teo drops to the bench. Corey Pakes replaces the suspended Isaac Luke at hooker, while Tyson Gamble makes his Broncos, Broncos debut from the bench. Reese Kennedy also comes into the 17. A lot shorter here, Craig Bellamy has named the same 17 that enjoyed a big win over the Titans last week. Suliasi Vunvalu could be a late in though as he pushes to return from a hamstring injury. Now everybody has had their say as to what Anthony Seabold should be doing. One man we will listen to and have listened to is Phil Gould. Here's what he had to say uh, about where he'd played Darius Boyd. To have a, an experienced voice at the back that actually gets people in position and gets their numbers right and makes the markers work and fills in where he needs to fill in, you know, if, if someone's a little bit short, all the things that a good fullback does can help those young fellas maybe get a better defensive effort, you know, from, from where they are. I could send Gal out in a dress and do nothing but just talk them and their defence will be a lot better than the resolve they showed the other night. There is no experience in that team to hold it together when they need it most. I'd love to see uh, Paul Gallen out on the footy field in a dress. Of course, that was courtesy of Channel 9's 100% footy. On a serious note, though, mm. Robbie, uh, did Anthony Seabold get it right? Look, I think Gus makes some good points. I think, you know, we've spoken before on this show about the importance of a fullback and the role he has in the defensive line, organising numbers, as Gus mentioned there. And, you know, Darius Boyd has been one of the best fullbacks in the game during his time in, you know, in the NRL. And, look, I think they could do worse than put him at the back there. I think Milford is a number one, but I don't think Brody Croft is a number six. You know, we spoke uh, earlier in the year about Croft going to the club as a seven and, and having that organising role to to free the reins on, on Milf. Um, I just don't think he's a natural number six. So, you know, for me, Croft in the six jersey isn't really going to have an effect and Darius Boyd isn't really having much effect on the side in the centres. So, yeah, I, I think he should have gone to one, Darius Boyd, and, and left Milford in the six. Do no, that. I don't think Anthony Milford... As you said, I don't, the six for Anthony Milford has not worked for him. It hasn't worked since he's left Canberra. He was a fullback in Canberra. He was a star as a fullback. I think he likes the open space. Um, I think it's a, a fullback only comes into the defensive line when it gets inside the 10 or inside the 15 near the try line. So he doesn't help make the tackles. He's got to follow the ball. He's got to set the defensive line. It's not that hard. Middle of the park, 5 and 5. 60%, 40%. 6 and 4. 30%, 70%. 3 and 7. Yeah, but it, it's, it doesn't sound but, that hard, but it happens pretty quick. And yeah. I can see why you'd want Darius Boyd at the back, organising the defensive line. And out of form, Darius Boyd was... 
And out of form, Darius Boyd. So you leave him in the, the, the centres where he's out of form, or like you got to try something. I, I like I like so. I like Dearden, I like Pax, and I, and I like Milford at fullback. This is a better team the Broncos have picked. Why has it come on the back of so many losses and so poor form for so many weeks? And the coach to be, well, I don't know if he's been given a five out of ten match challenge or not. But why why now pull the trigger? I'm not sure, but as I said, Broncos fans have been calling for change for some time. Uh, Broncos chairman. Um, Carl Morris said today after an AGM that they support Anthony Seabold and he will remain in charge of the Broncos until the end of the year, but they'll review his position until the end. You just brought up that ultimatum. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, if you're a player that doesn't believe in the coach, is it pretty easy to go out there and not win five games so he doesn't yeah. hold on to his job? Yeah, definitely. If you, if you feel like the coach hasn't, doesn't like you, doesn't have your best interest at heart, um, yeah, you can certainly give up on him. It's such a hard game, rugby league. You've got to train hard. You've got to make sacrifices. You've got to get your preparation right. You've got to turn up and be prepared to have a dig. It doesn't take much to turn that off a little bit. And if, if you're not happy when you go out in the park, then there's, I'm sure your performance will be 10% below what your best is going to be. All right, Robbie, we've got to talk about the Melbourne Storm. They've won seven straight against the Broncos, 17 of their last 19 against the Broncos. They're expected mm. to pile on the points again this week. Mm. If you're Craig Bellamy, what's your message to your troops? Just don't take them easy. You know, uh, it's, a, it's an easy game for, for the Storm this week to show up and... Be a little bit complacent. Obviously, Brisbane have had their problems and Melbourne are going to show up expecting to win, expecting to win easy, but they're the times that you put in a poor performance when you show up expecting to win and you're just a little bit off your game. And I've got no doubt that Craig Bellamy this week will, will be speaking about that, about not being complacent, about going up there and doing the job um, against his side. They've had success over them in the past, so he's going to want to see the same thing this week. You know, um, I don't think the Storm are a side that will get complacent and take this Broncos team lightly. So... I think, uh, I think the Broncos are in for a tough night. All right, uh, five more games to get through. We've got to kick off Saturday Arvo footy with the Warriors and the Roosters. 3pm at Central Coast Stadium. Todd Payton has named David Fusatua and Ken Malmalo to start in their last game before heading back to New Zealand. Ignatius Parsi won't get the opportunity to play before he heads home after picking up a shoulder injury against the Sharks. Adam Pompey comes into the centres in place of Patrick Herbert. Jazz Tavanga will make his first start of the season at lock, moving Jack Hetherington to prop and Adam Blair onto the bench. Trent Robinson has made a number of changes to his pack with Angus Crichton out for up to a month with an MCL injury. Mitchell Orbison has been named to start. Isaac Liu has been named for his first start of the season at lock, while Nat Butcher comes onto the bench after missing the grand final rematch with a rib complaint. Robbie, we, we touched on it last week, but we expected the likes of Fusatu and Malmalo to not play this week. So given they do have one more chance, given they are attacking threats, and given they're up against the Roosters, they've got to be up for it. But will this have a grand final-like feeling for them, given they may not play again this year? This could be it for them if they head home. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think the Warriors boys are clocked off a, a few weeks ago, to be honest. Unfortunately, uh, I watched that game on the weekend. It was some pretty disappointing efforts. I think their coach, Todd Payton, after the game, explained it as soft. Uh, that was his word for it. And it doesn't get any easier this week facing the Roosters side coming off a loss as well. So, look, I think this has the potential to be uh, quite embarrassing for the Warriors this weekend. OK, the Roosters, uh, they did have a loss. Their coach wasn't happy, especially with their middles. Let's take a look at uh, where they've conceded their tries over the last three weeks compared to the opening seven rounds. So, the first few numbers... Uh, the first top, or well, the top line rather, shows where they conceded their tries through rounds one to seven. The big number is the number seven in the middle the last three weeks. Why is that the case, Noddy? We spoke about Victor Radley missing and what they'll miss with him uh, in attack, but is that what we're seeing 
um, or the impact of that in defence as well? Well, uh, yeah, definitely that's an impact of it. I, Boyd Corden have missed a week or two there as well. Um, Jared Weir Hargraves missed a week or two, so they've had some different players. They haven't had their top six starting players in the middle. And also the other thing is the, the speed of the game. Most clubs now are getting used to that speed of the game, so there's more fatigue into the middle. So, you know, Trent Robertson, as you said, will be filthy about it and will want to fix it and ask his players to improve it because they... They've pride themselves on being the best defensive team in the competition, making it really hard to score tries. And some of those tries that they have conceded through the middle of the last few weeks were purely show-and-goes and, 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 and simple tries that they wouldn't be happy with. Yeah, Josh Papali, the Sydney heads opened up uh, when he went through. Got to push on and look at the second game on Saturday. Noddy can't wait for this one uh, down at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. The Sharks, the home side, though, against the Dragons. After we all feared his career could have been over before the season started, Josh Dugan will reach his 200th game milestone in the Sharks' local derby against his former club. Sifa Talakai replaces the suspended Britton Nakora in the back row. The Kiwi international will miss a week. Uh, Jack Williams is back in the 17, while Tej Wilton uh, has been named to make his NRL debut from the bench. The back rower has, was the New South Wales under-20 skipper in 2019. Let's look at the Dragons. Paul McGregor has made one change to the side that edged out the Bulldogs. Tyrell Fuimeono comes into the second row for Tarek Sims, who will miss a match after taking an early guilty plea for a Grade 1 dangerous contact charge. Jacob Host comes onto the bench for the first time since Round 6. Sean Johnson, geez, the critics have laid off him, and rightfully so in the last few weeks, Noddy. But he, he seems to play at his best against... Uh, weakened opposition or weaker opposition. So Manly were without the likes of Turbo when he yeah. played well. What do you want to see out of him for the next two weeks before they take on the likes of the Eels in round 13? Some consistency, as you said. Like He's been really good and, and we know the class he does play. And they've won four out of their last five. They got a bit of a reality check two weeks ago against Penrith. Um, he bounced back last week. He was against playing his Warriors, his former club that let him go. So I would have thought there'd be a lot of motivation for Sean Johnson last week. Uh, Local derby, hopefully he's played a few of them now. He understands the importance and, and how big a local derby is. It's a grand final. And as you said, then they go off and play Brisbane and then they go off and play Parramatta in a few weeks' time. So they've won five and lost five in 2020. They're, on the, they're, they're just on the edge of the top eight. It's a, it's a pretty big few weeks for them. If they can go six out of the last eight games, eight games, or five out of eight, six out of eight, seven out of nine, and try and keep that role going... It'll, it'll distance that gap from the bottom to the top eight. Yeah, well, the Dragons, they need a, a win as well. They snuck home with one. But if you're Paul McGregor, are you filthy at your team for not capitalising on a 10-point lead? Or are you happy that they showed the, the fight back in the final 10 and got the job done? I think it'd be a bit of both. I think um, having, uh, having had the performance they had the, the previous week against Manly, going into the Dogs game, leading 10-0 after 10 minutes, it almost looked like it'd be a cricket score. You'd want your side to go on with that and put them to the sword. They lost their way after that. Dogs came back into the game and, and dominated for the next probably 40 or 50 minutes, till the last 15 minutes of the game. At that stage, he'd be happy with the character they showed to come up with the win. Um, so I think he'd be happy with parts of it and filthy that you know, they didn't put in an 80-minute 80, 80 performance against a side that's really struggling this season in the Dogs. They just lost the ball, the Dragons. They, didn't, they got the 10-0 and they didn't touch the ball and then all of a sudden it was a weighted possession in favour of Canterbury. They were able to score some tries. It does show that if you give a weighted possession away in the new style of football with six to goes and penalties, you're going to concede points. It's not WrestleMania anymore. It's, hmm. you, you get fatigue. You it's concede. footy. It's footy. Yeah. But that's what happens. If, yeah. if a team gets a flow on of possession and Canterbury are a side that we have spoke continuously about, I think they've scored over 10 points about four times in two seasons. 
Mm. They scored points on the weekend because they had a flow of possession. Yeah, is that down to the dogs' attack or how well, bad the Dragons were going too? So well, you've got to ask you know, both. the Dragons see themselves as a as a decent side with the with the um, the aspirations to make the top eight. Mm. Well, they got to hang in there during those games where they are struggling, where they got no ball, and they're yeah. playing against the Dogs who really aren't aren't that much of an attacking threat, to be honest. So. All right, can't wait for Saturday night footy. The Raiders back at home uh, this week again against the Rabbitohs. Of course, the rematch of that uh, prelim final down there last year. How good was it? There could be a big, big inclusion for Canberra as well. John Bateman has been named in Jersey 21 to play his first match of the year following a double bout of shoulder surgery, although my mail is that he is unlikely to return until next week. Jordan Rabiner uh, starts at right centre with Michael Oldfield set to miss a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. Round 10 debutant Semi Valamai comes onto the wing while a new rookie, Harley Smith-Shields, is set to make his uh, NRL debut from the bench. Let's look at the Rabbitohs. There's a double blow for the Bunnies with James Roberts and Ethan Lowe set to miss the rest of 2020. Campbell Graham replaces Jimmy the Jet in the back line with the centre, set to be grounded for 12 weeks with a pec injury, so we might not see him until the finals if the Bunnies make it. Lowe, on the other hand, definitely won't return this year after he had neck surgery this week following a reoccurrence of the injury he suffered back in 2016. Bailey Sirinan starts on an edge with Tavita Totola uh, up front after shaking off a shoulder complaint. Jack Johns has been named on the bench in what could be his NRL debut if he gets on. And it could be a special night for Tom Burgess if they get a win. The big Englishman is playing his 150th match. Now, not even the last two weeks you stood here, you wrote the Raiders off, you said they won't be part of this Premiership race anymore. They beat the Roosters though, so does it change your perception? No, that was a big performance from Ricky Stewart and the Raiders last week uh, and that was the performance that we've, you know Josh Hodgson only went down last week, so that was a week that Ricky Stewart was able to you know, say we don't care about what everyone else thinks, you know, backs against the wall um, they played really good, they showed some great resilience um, I, yeah, I, I, I still think it's going to be funny when you go, who would have thought at the start of this season there'd be no South Sydney and no Canberra Raiders, I think probably making the eight now I still think Canberra go backwards. You still don't think I, Canberra no, will no, make the eight? No, not on not on the not on the quality of the West Tigers at the moment, and not on some of the other quality around there. And South Sydney now they've just injury affected. They were light on the start of the season, and they're lighter on now. Mm, okay, Josh Hodgson uh, not mm. at hooker uh, last week, but Tom Starling he he added a spark off the bench. Mm. What did you like about his game? Well, the both of them. I thought Havili to start the game was really strong, mm. um, and then Starling off the bench gave him a little bit of that that X factor and. That's probably a bit of an unpopular opinion, but I thought they actually played better without Hodgson in the side. I thought their halves mm. really stepped up. They were a lot more direct, and I thought the yeah the contrast that they got from both their hookers really added to their team. He looks like uh, a bit like Damien Cook, small, strong, yeah. uh, and quick off the mark. Yeah, as I said, you got Harvilla that starts the side. He, uh, he starts the game. Sorry, he gets through yeah. a lot of the work early on, and then you got Starling coming off when there's a bit of tired defence. He's got a bit of a spark around, a bit of speed around the ruck, a bit of that craft that a hooker needs to bring to the to the team. And uh, I thought it worked really well. Okay, what about Cam Murray? Uh, the Bunnies looked like they got a spark when they moved him to the edge to replace yeah. Ethan Ethan Lowe on the weekend. It didn't work earlier this year, but are you surprised that Wayne Bennett didn't go back to it? No, yes and no. We all think Cam Murray's great as a lock. You know, he wins the play the balls every time he carries. He's only a light middle forward. Um, great late footwork and and his position is is lock as you said. But you know, this game was twenty nil in favour of the Knights. We we can say that there was a sniff in favour of South Sydney when he went to the edge. But was there a little bit of give up from Newcastle as well with the scoreboard being twenty nil? Um, 
Uh, it's hard, isn't it? Because they've just lost so many troops out of Sydney. So what, you can't play him in three positions. Yeah. That's unfortunate. You'd, you'd love to have three of him, but you can only put him in one position. And we'll wait I, and see where he plays. Yeah, I think he's got to stay in the middle. Yeah, I think, okay. yeah, you, you can't weaken one position or strengthen another. I think they just got to come up with an edge back rower and you've got to leave Cam Murray doing what he does best and that's being in the middle of the park. Alright, let's look at uh, Sunday Arvo footy. Of course, 2pm kickoff for the Knights and Bulldogs up in the Hunter at McDonald Jones Stadium. Adam O'Brien showed plenty of signs of stress late in the Knights win over South, but at least things are settled on the team list front. The coach hasn't made any changes to his 17 to face the Bulldogs. Tim Glasby is still missing. The rep forward is sidelined indefinitely. Uh, due to repeated head knocks. After being cleared of a, of a serious toe injury, Kieran Foran has been named to take his place at 5'8". Interim coach Steve Georgialis has named Brandon Wakeham in Jersey 14 as cover. Jake Abarillo is back in the centres after missing last week because of a COVID-19 scare, pushing Marcelo Montoya onto the wing. It'll be his first match, that is Avrilo's, uh, since round seven. Uh, Callum Ponger, he'd been belted a couple of times uh, in the lead-up to this match on the weekend, but does that performance uh, against the Bunnies reignite his season? Yeah, I think so. He's obviously uh, come under criticism of late and he needed a big performance and, and that's what the good players do. They come up with those performances and in the first, the first half he was outstanding. And what I love from Kalen at the full-time whistle, his reaction and how disappointed he was in the side that they almost lost that game, to me shows that He's looking to get better. The team's looking at getting better. And I think that's going to be the message this week from the coach. They're coming up against a Bulldog side that's really struggling. They're going to want to see an 80-minute performance because the Knights were really good for 50-odd minutes, 60-odd yeah. minutes on the weekend. The good teams go on with that and put South to the sword. They didn't do that. They're going to, they're going to look to do that this week to the Dogs. They've been pretty inconsistent. They've had some great wins Newcastle, but they've been massively inconsistent. They'll go win, loss, win, loss. We think they're top four side. No, no, they're bottom eight, the bottom of the four side. Like With Kalen in that form, though, are they a top four side? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, as you said, he needs to be in that form every week. And, mm. and, and as you said, if they're leading by 20, they need to go on and win by 30 to 40, not, not just put the queue in the rack. So, they're, 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 I think, again... I, I expect Newcastle to be knocking on the door next season for a premiership. But if they play at that form there, they can... The comp's so open this year with the new style. you got the superstar, Caelan, mm. up there in Newcastle with the New South Wales front row and Mitchell Pearce. They play four great, four great weeks of football except in October now. They go close to winning the comp. Mm. What about the Bulldogs? Uh, we still don't have news on Trent Barrett just yet, but as I said off the top of the show, we expect him to uh, be confirmed as the Dogs coach from next year. Uh, if that is the case, does it have an immediate effect on the playing group? They're looking to a brighter future or they don't care? Well, you're looking at impressing the new coach. Yeah, a lot of them are playing for contracts, yeah. playing for their futures. We spoke about it with the Cowboys. Um, so yeah, everyone's going to want to put their hand up and and try and uh, impress the, the new coach, uh, even though he's going to be watching from afar this season. So, um, and, and not just that, you know, they're, they're playing to get, get their club off the, the bottom of the table, another wooden spoon coming their way, and the Dogs are a, a proud club, uh, rich in history, and, and they're not going to want that wooden spoon. And they've found themselves now, I think, two wins behind 15th spots. So it's getting to that point in the season where they, they need a win to keep in touch with you know, second last place, otherwise... That spoon's coming to Belmore. A big test for the Bulldogs this week and also for the Gold Coast Titans as they prepare to take on the mighty Penrith Panthers on top of the ladder after their win against the Cowboys. Sunday, 4 o'clock, or 4.05 rather, at Seabus Super Stadium. 
Dale Copley is back for his first match since round seven, having recovered from an oblique injury. He slots in at centre, forcing Philip Sammy back to the wing. Kevin Proctor is a big boost in the Titans' engine room, but the skipper's return from a biceps injury forces rookie Bo Firma out of Justin Holbrook's 21-man squad. A triple blow for the Panthers. The biggest, their hooker, Abby Corusau, is missing with an elbow injury. He's expected to miss a few weeks, but the club will know more tomorrow. Mitch Kenny replaces the gun-recruited hooker. Uh, Dylan Edwards and Dean Farre all are also set to spend a few weeks on the sidelines with hamstring and groin injuries respectively. Caleb Aikens returns at fullback while Brett Naden shifts to the centres and Malachi Watane Zelezniar plays his first match of 2020. Robbie, Kevin Proctor, the, the Titans have missed leadership in the last few weeks. I bet they're happy that he's back to take on Viliami Kikau and stiffen up their yeah. defence a bit because he is a, a Kiwi international. Yeah, he is, and, and obviously a, a tough ass this week coming up against Kikau, but, you know, it's a great addition for the Titans to have him back. It's a pretty daunting task coming up against a player of Kikau's quality. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, timely, it's a timely return, you know, for the side to have him back. Uh, and what about um, the Panthers? Some big blo- a big blow, especially uh, with, you know, Dylan Edwards. He'd been showing some promise, Abby Corusau. But let's focus on the positive, Nathan Cleary. What have you really liked about his game or what element of his development have you enjoyed since he came back from suspension? Yeah, well, I think he owed his players and his teammates a, a little bit of a pick him up in a couple of victories because he'd missed two weeks there and as you said he's certainly maturing uh, only 22 years of age quite a young halfback and and got such a calm head on him uh, I thought on the weekend he was really good he, his kicking game has improved that short kicking game uh, he runs the ball I think a lot more now and obviously that's the new style of football with the defense going backwards he waits for, and his team earns the right from the play football uh, Coruscant is a great fall for him he helps create a bit of doubt around dummy half and I thought he came up with two big plays on the weekend. One was getting out of the end goal when they were under pressure, and then his defence. So, you know, he's been a part of a couple of Origin series. There's no James Maloney as well. For, for me, the development in his games is leadership. And I think on the weekend, yeah. Penrith weren't at their best. You know, they were a bit flat, they were struggling yeah. a bit. And Cleary was the guy that said, jump on my back, I'll show you how to win this game. Is that and, what, and for yeah. me, that was the most pleasing aspect of his game on the weekend. Is that the... The trust they have in him when they, they signed him for five years. Mm. James Maloney helped for a while, but he's taken over that leadership from James Maloney and said, mate, this is your team. You're 22 years of age. Win us a premiership. And he'll only get better at given his age. Yeah, well, when you're strong, when you, you know, you're the halfback of the side, you're the leader, mm. doesn't matter what, what age you are. We've spoken about it with, you know, with Brooksy at times yeah. where, um, you know, as a halfback, you need to take control of the team. And that's what he did on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his experience is starting to show it, even at a young age of 22. He's been around for a long time, and you know, I thought on the weekend he was outstanding. All right, make sure you tune into all the matches this weekend. You can catch them on Channel 9, uh, Foxtel, Sky New Zealand, KO, or using the Telstra Live Pass right here across the NRL network. All right, off the top of the show... Oh, the smile comes we, <laughs> we avoided uh, predictions from last week, but you let's wanna... take a look at the oh. predictions for round set. Three teams, I believe, will win by 20-plus points. So who are the three teams? The Roosters, the Storm, and the hottest team in the competition at the moment, the Panthers. I'm predicting this is going to be the week of the front rowers. We're going to see four front rowers score a try in this round of NRL. All right, so we didn't give you a buzzer there because it's over to the adjudicator, Brett Kamali. You said four front rowers will score tries. Technicality. At least four, please. You said four. Seven front rowers scored tries. I said it's a week of the front rowers. I think it was a week of the front rowers. Is it a tick or is it a cross? Mate, it's it's seven ticks. 
Seven ticks. Seven ticks, seven front rowers. Thanks, Naughty. I oh, actually got the, I got the teams wrong, but I... I can't believe you're trying to take oh, no. that from me. I'm what about up. Zach? Seven. Yeah. Well done. Uh, I'll yeah. pay that. Yes, I'll pay yes. that. No, yes. Very well done. Well predicted. Uh, your predictions for this week. Can you back it up? I'm going to go for Noddy's prediction from last week. I think there's going to be a lot of blowout scores this weekend. So, oh. I think... There was three blowouts above 20 points. So I just got the wrong games. That's true. So, who are we looking at? I think, I think the Storm... Uh, sorry, I'm going through the team list again. The Roosters, I think that'll be a cricket score, to be honest. Um, and the, yeah, there'll be a couple. There'll be four, okay. four, four, four 13 plus, 20 plus. I'll go oh, 20 plus. Oh, four. Yeah. That's big. Four that's, that plus. is bold. We love, we love the bold uh, predictions. Oh, yeah, because then you can dig the better knife it, in at the end. Better it. I'm, <laughs> going, I'm going for the three Bs. Uh, I've got Brett Morris, Bradman Best, and Brett Naden all to score hat tricks. Hat tricks. Hat tricks. Big geese. How good's this? We'll have to get you something. If you both get it, I'll uh, speak to the producer and see what we've got in store for you guys. We'll just head down to Chemist Warehouse and get some products. Oh, man. He's, he's too good. Yes. He's too what good. What about your partner, mate? Yeah. He's too yeah. good. Yeah. Couple Freebies face coming masks. your way for sure. Uh, inside the NRL. face masks for the boys. Yeah, yeah. We, will, we might need them. Uh, inside the NRL is back uh, next Monday. Katie Brown, Michael Chamis and Jamie Saab will have all the wash-up from uh, the weekend of footy. They had... Uh, Josh Mansell on, on the weekend, and they also look back at their predictions uh, from earlier in the year. Lucky we didn't play your guys because uh, you were both well off. Um, anyway, after a <laughs> slow start to the month, uh, there's been $55,000 raised uh, for the Men of League Foundation as part of Sportsbet uh, campaign Try July, where we encourage uh, players to celebrate their tries with a post-try celebration. $5,000 um, for every uh, one, and uh, round 11 is the final weekend that we'll see it. So, Robbie, you only retired last year, but if you're oh. playing this weekend, what, what would be a try score? What would be your celebration? Um, I might have to bring a bit of a... Um Cultural thing to maybe a little Lebanese dance, a little oh. dup care they call it. So, okay. yeah, that'd yeah. be mine, mate. I like it. Noddy? Well, the only time I was a part of a post try celebration was Game 3 2000. We did some rehearsing. Unfortunately, the post, the grenade didn't go down very successful. No. <laughs> it cursed the Blues. Could for I how bring long? the grenade out again? Oh, 20 years or something. <laughs> oh. Changed the origin forever. It did. But uh, hopefully we see plenty more this weekend. Uh, should be a great weekend of footy. We'll see you next Tuesday, but we'll leave you with this. The best of the tri-score celebrations uh, from round 10. Short drop out, not short enough. Leilu has taken it. There's no defenders in front of him. I've seen it all now. Leilua makes it 24-0. Here's to Clever. Moves it on to Ponga. Caelan Ponga. He's been quiet, you say. He's been quiet, has he? Caleb Ponger is back, and Newcastle are running right. Cleary straight through. He'll ice up the victory with his own try. Johnson plays the first receiver. Grabbers here for Townsend, who went closer to scoring than perhaps he should have. Johnson following up on his own kick. If it wasn't touched by Townsend, Johnson oh has scored. Lewis Cowell!